Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be going over a couple of more, a couple of more listener questions. Uh, I know we went through a lot of listener questions on yesterday's show. We had a couple more, and they were so intriguing to me that I figured that we would talk about them more in depth on today's episode. And then along with that, we're going to be talking about Oscar Shibwe winning SEC Player of the Year, and then uh, some of the other accolades, some of the other Wildcats earned as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. A question specifically that I wanted to discuss today. Uh, this was a question asked on Rupp Rafters, which is a uh, which is part of the uh, the message board over on catsillustrated.com. This was from uh, a user named G Blue and I had asked a couple of days ago I had asked you guys if you had any questions uh, in relation to anything Kentucky Athletics uh, or, or anything to do with Kentucky athletics or specifically with the basketball team, considering that's the hot topic right now. And G Blue asked this after I recorded yesterday's episode. He asked this in the thread. He said, you may be able to talk about the improvements our team has made from game one to game 31. And then he said he also created a thread uh, for that discussion as well. So I went over to G Blue's thread. And he said that, you know, obviously there are certain things that have happened with this team since game one against Duke. Obviously different injuries, different lineup adjustments, things like that. And he linked the game against Duke and then he also linked the game against Florida. He's like, I just wanted to see you guys discuss what you thought had changed from game one to game 31. And so I went and I skimmed through both games and I came to, to some conclusions and wanted to give you my thoughts about what, the, what has changed with the team. And if you have any thoughts about what has changed with this Kentucky Wildcats basketball team, you can leave it uh, your thoughts in the YouTube comments below. If you're listening on podcast format, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK. UK, give us your thoughts on what has changed with this team. One of the things that I immediately noticed about this team now that they've gone through 31 games is they they look more confident. And it may just be me as a fan getting to watch a team for an, an, an entire season and coming to the conclusion at the very end, yeah, this team's more confident than they were. They're more comfortable than they were at the very beginning of the season. It may just be me uh, just biased toward the, towards the team getting to watch them kind of grow and win games. It may just be me saying subconsciously, yeah, they've gotten better. But at the same time, I mean, when you watch this team, when you watch them play in transition, when you watch them play defense, whenever you watch them protect the rim, I think they're doing so many more things that they weren't doing at the beginning of the season to where now it, it, a lot of it, I think, goes back to their confidence. And that's actually something, interestingly enough, that Coach Cal talked about at halftime against Duke. He said, I'm trying to get our guys to play with more confidence. They don't seem like they're very confident out there. And I definitely think that that's something that has changed with this team as the season has gone on. So having more confidence, I think, is something that has changed about this squad. I also think that this team is more under control. Obviously, as you get to work with your guys, as these new freshmen get to work with the other guys on the team, 
and play in in-game environments, they're going to become more comfortable understanding what each other's tendencies are, uh, who's who's the best scorer, who's the best shooter, who can do these things in certain situations. It's no longer just practice. You're actually applying yourself on the court in a legitimate situation. And it's not just for the freshmen. I mean, it's also these juniors and seniors and the transfers. Uh, Severe Wheeler, it's a shame that C.J. Frederick did not get to play this season, but if he had, we would have also seen more control from Frederick and the entire team as we have as the season has gone on. I think when you look at a guy specifically like Severe Wheeler, uh, a little bit out of sorts at times, he really, really loves to push the pace and transition, and that can be extremely beneficial, and it certainly has been for Kentucky's offense this season, but there can be times where the the, the offense is turnover-prone and there are certain issues in, in the half-court But I think that Wheeler, and this is something I even noted in the Florida game, uh, and this was way before uh, this this exercise was brought to my attention, I said Severe Wheeler looked extremely comfortable. He looked like he was in control out there. He didn't look like he was forcing things. Looks like he he knew what he needed to do. He got to the rim on his own. He distributed well. He shot the basketball well, which is something that he struggled with at times this season. I think him specifically Wheeler, and then just the entire team as a whole, I think they've gotten more comfortable within their own roles. Davion Mintz playing fantastic off the bench. Oscar Shibwe obviously growing into what he is now, which is the SEC Player of the Year. I think that, to to move on to another point here quickly, now that we're talking about Shibwe, I think Kentucky fans knew what they had in Oscar Shibway, I think we knew that we had a really, really talented post player who knew how to grab offensive rebounds, and we saw that after the first game. I believe Shibway had like 20 rebounds in the first game against Duke. Uh, but I don't think fans realized what his potential was from a consistency standpoint. I don't think a lot of people acknowledged or realized like, okay, this is a kid that can give us 15 to 20 rebounds every single night and he's been able to do that since then so I think just something that's changed about this team is Shibwe and his national relevance I think that that is something that you could say about this team is he has become a more important figure as the season has gone on and then I'll also say and I'll tie this into Shibwe as well I think Kentucky's protecting the rim better whenever you watch that game against Duke something that Kentucky really really struggled with was Duke's guards just blowing by them and getting to the rim and getting easy layups and looks in the paint. Uh, Kentucky struggled at times. And part of that was because the Blue Devils were really struggling to shoot the outside shot. But at the same time, I think we saw this at different points in the, in, in the non-conference slate. I think we saw at different points Kentucky just not protecting the rim very well. And I think we've gotten to see here down the stretch of this SEC slate... We've gotten to see guys like Oscar Shibway really, really pick up the intensity. I think we've gotten to see guys like Lance Ware play his heart out. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, another guy who has played pretty decent uh, at the rim as well, getting rebounds and uh, getting stops. This team is also playing really good defense right now without fouling. Uh, I believe Kentucky had 20 fouls in that game against Duke. Uh, That's something that has definitely changed, I think, as as the season has progressed. The transition defense, another thing, and this kind of goes back to protecting the rim. I think it's gotten much, much, much better. That game against Duke, uh, Kentucky was just getting run on uh, consistently. Uh, and then uh, and uh, Duke was getting to the rim and getting easy layups. And then also, I think two more things here real quickly. Shot selection has gotten better. I went and looked at the shot chart against Duke. And uh, you know me, I'll absolutely, I absolutely love the two-point jumper. I'm kidding. But I'm not a massive fan of the two-point jumper. And Kentucky was 3 of 17 on mid-range jumpers in that game against Duke. 
And I definitely think as the season has progressed, shot selection has definitely been something that has changed with this team at least a little bit. They've been knocking down their two-pointers, and there was a stretch there where they started taking less, and now as the season has come to a close, they've started taking more again and making less. But I definitely think shot selection as a whole and decision-making has definitely changed uh, with this team. And then the final thing here that I'll say I think the bench has gotten much tighter. This is not a revelation. This is not a hot take. This is just kind of an obvious thing. As the season progresses and as you get into conference play, you're going to figure out who your best seven or eight players are and you're going to play them every single night. You're not going to really dive deep into your rotation. You're not going to play guys, 10 guys on a given night just because you can. You're going to stick to the guys that you know work in the situation that you have for them and you know that they're going to go out there and be able to succeed. You can't necessarily bring two more guys off of your bench that just kind of get a little bit of playing time, but haven't really gotten the SEC experience, if you know what I mean. So they played 10 guys against Duke. Uh, Kentucky's not really done that a whole lot down the stretch here. I think that's something that's changed as well. The bench has gotten uh, tighter as the season has gone on. Something else that I, that I, I will we'll talk about it in a second, but Ty Ty Washington, this was a question that was asked by a listener on yesterday's show saying, I need to uh, acknowledge the fact that Ty Ty Washington is struggling. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about the accolades that he won and Oscar Shibway won. We'll talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year that we've all pretty much given up on our New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, and it's all thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Built Puffs? If you're not if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the built on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars ever. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're not just a protein bar; they are a treat covered in 100% real chocolate, as all Built Bars are. And they've got so many different amazing flavors to choose from. You can go to built.com right now and you can use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, you can use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Stat Hero. Man, I know you do, and I know I do. I absolutely love March Madness and the brackets and getting to fill out different things. But honestly, it's really been a hot minute since I've actually gone deep with a bracket or ever actually won any money. But this year, I'm hedging my bets with Stat Hero's NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Hero's NCAA Pick'em's pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and and sports gambling stat hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix the simple sleek gameplay will have you playing within minutes guys this is what daily fantasy was meant to be you can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Hey, make sure to check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown, March 14th, right here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast feed and on the YouTube channel as well. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. You do not want to miss that. Make sure you check it out, March 14th, the Locked On Bracket Breakdown. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dog here with you, talking really quickly here about Ty Ty Washington before we move to accolades. 
This is one of my takeaways um, from the way that the team has changed, but it's not necessarily it's not necessarily that. I, I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth here. Ty Ty Washington needs to improve uh, is something that has has not that has changed. Ty Ty was playing very well in the non conference slate, um, and that is something that he he has definitely struggled with because of his injuries. He's had a little bit of a decline here statistically. As the season has gone on, and the conclusion I had as far as, a cha- as far as the change in the team goes is that he has really dropped off in terms of production, and he needs to improve. Uh, this is an interesting note, actually, that Kentucky put out in their press release uh, talking about all the different accolades the uh, Wildcats won uh, with, with the SEC postseason awards. It said this, quote, The Wildcats have been at their best when Washington is playing well in the 22 wins in which he has played. He's averaging 13.8 points, four rebounds, and 4.3 assists per game. Washington is shooting 49.6% from the field and 35.5% from beyond the arc in victories. He has scored in double figures in 17 of those games. And this is something that the, the listener brought up and said something that I... I kind of disagreed with, but after seeing that, I'm really starting to understand where, where this uh, listener, the, his position, where he was coming from. He said, Ty Ty has been holding us back, and he's the only player really outside of Keon Brooks that has been doing so. And I said on yesterday's show, I was like, oh, I don't know if he's just objectively the only person outside of Brooks. I mean, you can look at Wheeler, you can look at games where Kellen Grady has struggled, Davion Mintz uh, shooting like two of eight from three at different points. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily it's t- say it's Ty Ty's fault. Um, but it's definitely definitely one of the reasons. But these statistics right here back up the fact. It's like, man, when he's playing well, this team is winning. And so I, I would say for for one of the changes that needs to change again uh, for this team is Washington needs to improve. He needs to uh, get 100%. He needs to get out there, and he needs to really control himself, knock down the shots that he knows he can. And I'd like to see him get back to where he was at the beginning of the season. Let's move on here to player accolades. Oscar Shibway, obviously winning SEC Player of the Year. I said if he didn't, I'd be shocked. Here he is, winning SEC Player of the Year. Three players uh, in all were honored with postseason awards by the Leeds coaches on Tuesday. Oscar Shibway, uh, All-SEC First Team, uh, was also a member of the All-Defensive Team. Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler earned All-SEC Second Team accolades, with Washington also adding uh, All-Freshman Team Distinction. Shibway was joined on the nine-man coaches All-SEC first team by Tari Eason, Walker Kessler, Iverson Molinar, J.D. Note, Scotty Pippen Jr., Jabari Smith, Santiago Vescovi, and Jalen Williams. Shibway is the 10th player in school history to win the SEC Coaches Player of the Year Award and the fifth in 13 seasons under Coach John Calipari. And it's six if you count Malik Monk's AP honor in 2017. With three Wildcats on the coaches' all-SEC teams, Calipari has now coached 32 players who have earned all-SEC or first uh, first or second team accolades. At least one player has been named to the all-SEC freshman team in every single one of Coach Cal's 13 seasons, including 29 total, uh, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, Oscar Shibway here to talk about him for a second. Uh, not only is he averaging a double-double, uh, but he's also doing so with a considerable margin. The uh, press release noted that he's averaging a team-best 17.3 points and a nation-leading uh, 15.3 rebounds per game. In addition to his offensive and rebounding prowess on the defensive end, Shibway is the only major conference player averaging at least one-and-a-half block shots and one-and-a-half steals per game. The 
only major conference player to be doing that right now, Oscar Shibway. He's also snatched 56 more rebounds to the next closest player this season through games on March 5th. There's a reason why he won SEC Player of the Year. If he doesn't win uh, National Player of the Year, I'll also be a little surprised as well. He is doing literally everything except shooting the three. And to be honest, you don't need to shoot shoot the three to be successful in college basketball. He's averaging over one and a half blocks and steals per game. He's shooting an insane percentage from the floor. He's averaging 17 points a game, 15 rebounds per game. He's playing defense without fouling. He's running in transition. He's doing literally everything you could ask out of his given position. Uh, Best player in the game right now, outside of maybe Holmgren, Holmgren and Jabari Smith, I would think so. I would think so. Severe Wheeler here earning second team, uh, second team All-SEC honors for the second consecutive season. Uh, also won the award while he was at Georgia last year. It also marks the second consecutive season Wheeler is leading the SEC in assists. Uh, Wheeler's current rate of 6.93 assists per game is a shade behind Tyler Eulis' 7.03 average when he set the UK single-season assist record in 2015 with 246 dimes. Wheeler entered the season ranked 6th among all returners nationally in a career assist per game. With 187 assists this season, Wheeler ranks 10th in Kentucky's single-season history in that given category. He's just 8 assists shy of breaking into the top five, which I would imagine he would get all eight of those assists assists within this SEC uh, tournament. And a couple more interesting notes here from the press release. With uh, Severe Wheeler directing the offense, Kentucky has scored 90 or more points in seven games this season. That's um, that's the most since the 2016-17 season. The offense is, is playing extremely well for the Wildcats right now. And I was talking about this a, a couple of episodes ago, and I want to reiterate it here. I'm not saying that we can't criticize these kids and we can't expect them to play to their to the best of their ability, but I'll say this. This team's offense was abysmal last season. And the fact that we've gotten to see it flip from what it was last year to what it is this year, I'm very, very pleased with it. Very, very thankful. I think fans need to acknowledge just how special this year has been from an offensive standpoint. Third most efficient, uh, efficient offensive team in, in the nation. Think teams or think uh, fans, excuse me, really need to appreciate that. All right, we're going to talk about the SEC single or SEC season. Had another fan question I wanted to get to: Is the SEC season too long? Uh, is the question we're going to talk about why uh, I think that it's it's pro- maybe a couple games too long. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, want to tell you guys about our friends at Run Your Pool. March Madness is only just a couple of weeks away. That means you need to start thinking about how or where you're running your brackets this season. We've done our homework here at Locked On Kentucky, and we've decided we are running our brackets with RunYourPool.com along with standard brackets. Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. Both are really fun in their own way. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All the stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. They offer also full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, you can join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. 
And while you're there, create your pool for your friends and your family. You can enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your own custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runderpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now virtually impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket yourself. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Uh, Rock Auto is also a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their ri- prices are reliably low for every single customer. And then they also have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in the uh, their uh, how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Daw here with you. Just a brief question before we head out here Is the SEC regular season too long? I've obviously complained about the non-conference slate. I've complained about the scheduling period. And there was a question asked on YouTube. I should have written his name, name down. I'm sorry. Uh, but he, he asked this, and I wanted to dive into it for a second. said, quote, In my opinion, we shouldn't have the last couple of regular season games in March. Even Coach Cal is already in tournament mode. Top teams lose because they are already in that mindset. What do you think? And I think it's kind of interesting because, I mean, when you look at the, the season uh, from, from the perspective of March Madness is March Madness and everything that happens in March is postseason, uh, even though there are a couple of regular season games left. It makes sense to cut down the SEC slate by maybe two games or maybe starting the season uh, a week early, earlier than it is right now. So I would say that, I mean, when you look at it, at it from the perspective of these coaches are already in tournament mode, I don't want to. I don't want to be rude, but I don't know if they are. If they still have like regular season games left. Now, I will say, top teams lose with their eyes down the road with the with a couple of regular season games left on the schedule. If there's a team sitting there that's essentially locked up a position in the bracket in the NCAA tournament, and they're maybe a one seed, and that's just about done it for them. How much do they really care about those last couple of games in March that are regular season uh, matchups? And then top ten top teams get upset. I'll say that, that that at the same time, though, that may be a beneficial thing for some of these low programs that get those upsets. Because what if uh, somebody like Purdue is playing somebody on the bubble, and they desperately need, need a win, and they get it uh, against a team that's got their eyes down the road. So it can be beneficial in that way. But I also say that I also say this. I mean, I, I understand why you would want to maybe limit the season or, or, or maybe maybe cut it down by a couple of games because, again, March is all about the postseason. And then also, you mean, factor in injury and different things like that. And it's like, how long do you really want your season to be? Obviously, this has been a pretty, pretty solid formula for, the, uh, for Division I college basketball for quite some time now. 
So I don't think they're going to mess with it, but I will say I understand both sides of the argument. If they if they started the season a week early, would not be mad about that. I, would, I think a lot of fans would probably be more comfortable with that, given the fact that it's not really doing much. I mean, we're already starting basketball season while football season's still going on. And at the same time, I mean, you start March in the postseason. So I think I think that makes sense. But at the same time, I think there are also positive things that can come out of those final two games for other teams. That's just my opinion on it. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials if you're listening on podcast format. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. And God bless.